Before we get started, there's something I'm really excited to share with you. It's no secret that we think diversifying your income is incredibly important. One way that we do it is by investing in rental properties. We've done a ton of research, interviewed experts, and invested over $100,000 of our own money in income-producing rental properties. I am proud to announce that we're launching Rental Properties for Passive Investors. It's a course on exactly how you can passively invest in rental properties. Like our podcast, it's incredibly actionable and details exactly how we've both purchased and managed our rental properties. It also includes a year of investable, the analysis tool we use to make sure the rental properties we purchase are actually profitable. Finding the deal is half the battle. You need to know your numbers to make a profitable investment. We're running a pre-sale for $100 off. Head over to listenmoneymatters.com slash REI to learn more. That's listenmoneymatters.com slash REI for $100 off rental properties for passive investors. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Listen Money Matters. Don't waste your time on jealousy. Sometimes you're ahead, sometimes you're behind. The race is long, and in the end, it's only with yourself. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? Damn good, because I have a, I have a pillow hat little IPA, Ooh. and it is only 4%, so you know it'll, it'll ease me through. Our, our epic recording session. Ah, uh, I am not in the same boat. I am drinking a outer range shaded black IPA today. What color uh, is it? Black. It's six point eight percent alcohol. So let the games begin. <laughs> it is eleven fourteen a.m. Baby. Mm. Mm. Well, today's catchphrase comes from Cam. Thanks, Cam. I wonder if that's Cam's own quote or if that's a quote pulled from someone else i searched cam's full name yes and he's not famous so i don't (laughs) that actually doesn't answer anything but i can tell you that he didn't famously say that well he's famous now and he's famously for saying it so there you go uh today we are talking to a guest about a topic fun go on (laughs) let me tell you today i want to introduce our guest his name is Matthew Kent, and we're talking about building a remarkable life. Matthew, welcome to Listen Money Matters. Hey, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, totally. And you have such a good biblical name, uh, something that I've lived with my whole life. But although you go by the longer version, I, I feel like, why did you choose to go with Matthew instead of uh, the, 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 the Matt version that I tend to use? So. So I'm going to do something here that has not been done nearly enough in my life, and I'm going to give credit to my mom. She just ah. kept calling me Matthew, and so I'm like, that sounds pretty good. Were you constantly of... getting in trouble? Is that why? <laughs> no. Uh, fortunately, no. Uh, and, and in her eyes, you know, I was I was the firstborn, so you know, I, I think she probably has uh, too good of an opinion of me. Mm. Um, but I think later on in life, you know, in, in high school, people started calling me Matt all the time, and that was like right in the like in high school is the rebellious time. So yes. if everybody's calling me Matt, I'm like, well, hold on, I'm Matthew. You didn't ask me what I wanted to be called, right? And I, I, I'm more loose with it now. I don't, I don't mind so much. You can call me Kent. You can call me Matt. You can call me Matthew. But I know that the preference is Matthew. Understood. I, I, as a kid growing up in high school, I was called Geo. 
That was my okay. nickname. <laughs> and, and, and I just have gone back to Matt. So as soon as I moved out here, everyone calls me Matt. But when I go home, everyone calls me Geo. So I get it. So All high school through college, just Phoebe. That was it. Phoebe? No way. Phoebe. Yeah. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. It was like, I don't know what happened that I became Andrew again, but it was nice. All right. So Matthew, tell yep. us a little bit. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to ask a question, but um, you wrote this article on Medium. You have mm-hmm. some books out. Yep. We're talking about this idea of building a remarkable life. And you have this post about uh, your 10 year plan for doing this. Yep. And I wanted you to kind of, Give me a little bit of overview. I've read the article. Um, I I I'm, I have some some questions about it, but tell me, like, I guess, what is it about? Yeah. So you know, it's it's interesting that I wrote this because uh, you know, growing up, I was always the guy who hated the concept of like setting goals and like having plans and like you know the, the guy routines. Comes, yeah, and morning routines. I I never would want a morning routine. It's like I want to sleep in. I want to you yeah. know all that kind of stuff. And uh, one of the things, though, that started happening with me is I, I kind of became like a chronic underachiever and just kind of drifting in life and, and not really sure what I wanted to do. And I think a lot of people are probably in the same boat where like when we think about the, the future, like we know there's some kind of stuff that we want, but it's kind of vague, like, you know, and, you know, even along the lines of, you know, making money, most people have that goal. But being rich, I mean, is that really a goal? It's kind of like a vague uh, yeah. It's a vague, vague desire, and it, it's it's not really helpful for you know what do I do to move forward because there's a million things you could do to to try to move forward with that, and uh, you know it was interesting that I was listening to a podcast, the Tim Ferriss show, and uh, it was actually a graphic designer who was <coughs> on there named uh, Debbie Millman who said that she had had this exercise that she did with uh, her mentor who had learned it from like his mentor who had probably learned it from some other mentor. So I don't know how far back this thing goes. Um, but just this way of, you know, gaining clarity, uh, and it's this exercise, you can do it in like 30 minutes and it's this like, essentially it's just putting yourself in the position of asking yourself the the tougher questions of like, what do I actually want? And if I knew I couldn't fail, what would I be doing? What would my life look like, uh, in the next 10 years? So it's not like a plan in like a formal sense of the world of like, like, here's exactly how I'm going to get there, but it's more just like, you know, helping you get clarity on like your deepest, most important desires. And how does that help? So I think one of the things that it does is, you know, once you start to see where you want to go, uh, you realize how far you short of that you are and you realize, well, I need to start doing something, anything right now to start moving towards that. Because ultimately in life, I don't think it's going to be the, you know, I, I hope to get big wins, but it's going to be the small, steady, you know, incremental progress that's like punctuated by the big wins. And even I think the big wins are going to be to in some senses, like enabled by what you do every day uh, that are going to get us to where we want to go. So with a lot of us, it's, you know, that that uh, analysis paralysis, like we kind of don't know what we want. So we're not sure exactly what the next step is. So we watch more Netflix, I mean, which is fine, mm-hmm. but you can kind of get, you know, lost in that cloud of like, what am I doing? Am I making any progress and progress towards what? Uh, and so, you know, it helps right. to get that clarity and to say, okay, here's where I have to start, you know, moving forward. So. Uh, I, I've seen this idea, you know, in, in a few other places and, and it typically manifests as like the, where do you see yourself in 10 years, yeah. you know, describe your ideal life. And, and it's like, well, rich. And that's like, well, well, what kind of rich? Right. Like many millions of dollars. And like, <laughs> how did you do it? Well, I built my own business and, you know, it's just very, these broad strokes right. that, that almost don't 
help you even define, like, do you go left at the path or, or right? And I, I liked your approach of asking very specific personal questions. You know, like, what are you doing? Being more broad. And then it kind of goes in, like, where are you living? Right. Who are you living with? Your furniture, your bed, your like, your career. What I liked, like, what are you reading? And you kind of build this mental model of, like, the type of person you want to be which I think is much more emblematic of what will get you to where you want to go than just like saying, I want to go there. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you're, yeah, you're visualizing like a literal, like a, almost like a home movie yeah. of your future self. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, the more concrete you can make it, I think the better. And that's why I even love details of like, you know, the more detailed questions you can ask yourself, like even you mentioned one of the questions was like, what kind of bed do you sleep in? And because that'll tell you something about yourself is like, is it the most expensive bed? Is it the most like utilitarian Mm. bed? The one that promotes the best sleep, you know, hygiene, whatever that means. And so you kind of like start to discover like, okay. Um, And it also helps, you know, just getting that, that mental picture of like, okay, this is what I want. It becomes a little bit less abstract and a little bit more of something you can wrap your head around, uh, which I think is something that's, you know, so important because the future is inherently like, it's this cloudy fog of like unknowable chaos. And so the more order right. you can bring to that, uh, I think the more it helps you to like actually move forward and start to pursue something. Well, what's funny is you, you bring up the bed question. So you like, what bed do you sleep right. in, in 10 years? And in my brain immediately went to, uh, the floating one, the one that floats <laughs> it was 10 years in the future. Who knows where technology is going to be? Right, You're just levitating. You don't even, you know, you don't even have a bed anymore. <laughs> and it's like, do you have any pets in 10 years? Like, yeah, robot pets. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, something tells ones that don't like shit all over the so, house. Something tells me though, in in ten years, we we would still not have escaped our uh, our susceptibility to falling victim to the the puppy eye effect, right? I think the puppies mm. are still going to look at us and we're going to be like, oh, puppy. And I mean, the robots, yeah, yeah. They, they don't poop over everything, but they don't. I don't think the eyes are going to be there yet. The, the I just think it's funny soft. to think about. It. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny to think about like ten years is ten years is so far. Like what? Why ten years and not five years? Like I know five. The five year plans the more uh, the one I see more often, especially in yeah, business. Absolutely. You know, I think for me, you know, the the advantage of ten years and anytime you go up a digit, right? It it puts it a little bit further in your mind. And ten years is is kind of sufficiently long enough that it doesn't. You know, it seems like okay. Well, this is ambitious. But like with consistent effort over time, you know, I think I can get here. And I think you know, if you're anything like me, you you probably overestimate what you can do in a day. And, you know, sometimes maybe you wake up and you think, oh, yeah, I've got all these things I need to do. I'll get them all done. And you get like three of them done. And it's yeah. just like one of those things where it's like our our time is limited, but also our attention and our ability to focus is limited and it runs out quick. And so we overestimate what can be done in a day. But then we almost never develop the like consistent habits that are going to take us far over time. So we underestimate what can be done over a long period of time. And I think by asking people to say, hey, consider 10 years from now, it's far enough out that they, they can really believe. And a lot of it's just about what you believe. Like, okay, if I start working mm-hmm. on these aspects of my life, I can get there or close enough that it'll be just amazing. Um, whereas if you say like one year, five years, it's like, well... My life next year is probably going to look a lot like my life this year. So, you know. Yeah. Well, and it's, I think it's, you can also, like, what, I mean, how do you, what do you say to people who look at these questions and write them down? It's like, do you have pets? <laughs> yes. Well, I have right. pets now. It's like, okay, well, 
then then does that mean you right. you did it? <laughs> like done? Check off that box because what I when earlier in the conversation I kind of thought about uh-huh. Elon Musk. Um, every day I think about him. <laughs> no, uh, so so this idea that like hey. In my lifetime, I want to terraform Mars or I want to colonize Mars. It's like this big, hairy, audacious goal of almost something that's impossible or near impossible. But yet he's going to push himself in his current life to get there. And in that process or in that pursuit, he ends up. I don't know, making rockets reland on the ground. Like he he does these amazing feats that because he's shooting for a bigger goal than than what you're actually seeing him do. Right. And I, I think that is pretty critical too. And there's, you know, there's one of these famous like uh motivational quotes, and you know, it's like, you know, if you set the goal really high, you know, and even if you fail, you'll still be beyond everybody else who didn't. And I think there is yeah. something to that. I think, you know, it's important to remember that the goal itself like doesn't mean doesn't mean that you'll follow through and do it. Um, but it does help because I think where it helps is I think we all have these self-limiting beliefs that we just kind of accumulate uh, over the years. And you know, if you look at like little kids and I have two little kids now, one's five and one's three, and they just have an immense amount of confidence in their own ability to learn and grow. And somewhere along the way, I don't know where it is. Maybe it's in school, but we, we just kind of get this message ingrained into our heads that no, like you don't, you can't really do that much. Like you can improve in your life, but maybe like 5% from what we see here. Like we basically know everything we need to know about you. You're never going to be good at this. You're never going to be good at that. You're never going to accomplish this. You know, if, if you were going to accomplish it, you would already be on track and be like a child prodigy or something like that. And, um, you know, these are the voices that I think we believe most of the time. And so I think a lot of people, like you mentioned, Elon Musk, like, you know, a lot of people just don't even have that goal because they don't see it as possible. It's like, you know, I could bring the kind of insight that's needed if we are going to colonize Mars. Like I can do that. I can contribute. They just think, nah, that's too lofty. That's too much. Can't do it. Um, and so it's like we, we're our own worst critic and we're, you know, in a lot of ways, we're the ones keeping ourselves back, I think. Yeah. I, I, I deeply resonate with that. And, uh, I feel like I'm very lucky to get like emails from all these people who have essentially like done these amazing things. We're we're recording another episode today, and uh, this this person emailed us, and they paid wow. off seventy two thousand dollars in student loan debt in three years on eighteen dollars an hour. You know, and they also holy shit, right? And they also have to like <laughs> live and like eat. And if if we were to Did sit they? here and postulate. If this would be something that would happen, like I would probably say like, no, like let's let's get some more reasonable goals. But, you know, if if you said it as this is what I'm going to do and and Matt, we were having a conversation before on this where you kind of like back out of it. Well, like, okay, so this is what I'm going to do in three years. What do I need to do every year, every month, every day to like inch towards there? And I think when you look yeah, at right. it like that, it, and I think it's, you know, it's, it's one of the things too, that we also, we don't realize the the compounding effect of positive habits. And so, you know, like for instance, I mean, uh, if you mm. decide that you're going to write every day, the amount of improvement that's going to happen over a month is going to be almost negligible. And you're going to think this doesn't, this doesn't work to improve your writing. Like you, I, I wrote for an entire month yes. and it doesn't work and you're going to give it up. What happens is if you write every day for a year, you're not even going to notice the improvement. Sure. But at the end of the year, somebody's going to look at something you wrote 
a year ago and something you just wrote and be like, mm. wow, this is like night and day. And you'll need somebody else to point it out to you probably because, you know, it's to you, it's just incremental right. and it's just, and so it's hard to notice that you're on a, you know, a compound interest curve when you're on it because that, that beginning part is like flat. It's like flat and it looks like it's going nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes that it's similar to like losing weight where if you just do it every single day, even if the person who lives with you doesn't notice yep. and then the person who hasn't seen you in a year, you go back home or you visit somebody right. and they're like, Damn, you lost weight. I'm like, <laughs> yep, I and- did. <laughs> yeah, I love. I mean, that's a great feeling, and then it's you're vindicated. But it does take a year. But you know, you're not you're not doing a crash diet. You're not doing this thing where you're like ultraly trying to push right. yourself to do something. Ultraly, I know it's not a word to push yourself to do something in record time. You do it incrementally, one little time. It's like you know, my dad always says, "How do you eat an elephant? It's you eat it one bite at a time," which is something that I've, con- you know, even in the work that I do now, I, I don't always tend to lean that way, but I still try to do like one thing a day, you know, to, you know, to inch towards that bigger goal, which I may never actually see a result. It's like with, right. even with working out, you know, people that are like jacked, you know, it's like doing something every day for many, many years, not just like, you know, three months of P90X, and you're going to have fucking ripped six pack <laughs> abs. Like it's not going to, doesn't work that way. Right. And this is one of the reasons, you know, why it can be so tricky to, you know, some of the so-called experts out there when they share their secrets about like, here's how I went, like the the crazy stories in just two months from being, you know, lean or, you know, skinny, scrawny to like super muscular is because they've been putting in the effort. And so in their mind, they think, well, I've been putting in the effort, but then I changed this thing and I started to see improvement. Well, it's like, no, that was just the natural point at which the upward curve started really like skyrocketing. Right. And so you're telling these people like, oh, you can do it like I did it and just make this one small little change, this one life hack, and it's <laughs> going to work for you. It's probably not going to work for you. Like you're probably going to need to put in like the two years beforehand. Yes. And then, you know, then it's going to happen for you seemingly very suddenly. It, it's so interesting you say that because uh, I'm reading this book from James Clear. It's called Atomic Habits, and, and I'm loving Ooh. it. I, I love the guy and everything he's done anyways. And he was talking about progress and how people tend to view it as like this linear path, like, you know, a straight right. line up and to the right. And and there's almost nothing that exists that works like that, you know, and often, like, like you had said before, you build on past progress and, and it magnifies. And so if you look at like an exponential chart, the first like majority of it is like practically flat. And then all of a sudden it's like, it just took off and you, you know, and it's growing at such a crazy rate, you know, investments work the same way. And you're like, well, yep. they must've made amazing investments that year or did something different right. that year, but it was really the accumulation of all of the progress yep. before setting the base. Um, yeah. I mean, this stuff like fascinates <laughs> me. Yep. Absolutely. And you know, uh, that book, by the way, it's uh, I have it on hold at the library for the the Kindle edition. It's like a like an eighteen week wait or something ridiculous. Even though they have like wow. seven copies, so uh, I've been listening to him on on podcasts. I think he's he's got absolutely the right uh, the right frame of mind there. But yeah, it's one of those things where you know, you know, like you mentioned, like investing, losing weight, these you know, becoming better at almost any skill. I was reading a book recently. Um, this is by Barbara Oakley. She teaches the. Uh, She's an engineer and a professor, and she teach, She taught the most popular online course ever. It's called uh, Learning How to Learn. Mm. Uh, she wrote a book called A Mind for Numbers. And what she's mentioning is that 
the reason learning is so hard and, and, you know, even like math in particular, and although everything learning is the same way, uh, is because it involves essentially a process of like repeated failure and stepping away and then failing again and then stepping away because you strive to understand something, but mm -hmm. it's like it, the, the, the meaning of the, of the numbers and of the, the equations just sort of almost, it just eludes you just a little bit. And so you're like, I don't quite get it. And it, you know, it's because your brain is focused in and then it's only when it comes and it's able to relax and, you know, uh, take a break for a minute that your mind is kind of still trying to solve the, solve the problem, your subconscious mind. And it makes an unexpected connection that makes it more real for you or more concrete and that you come back the next time. And it doesn't even seem like you were doing anything because it was in that time of rest. And it's a similar thing, right. you know, with like building muscle. It's actually the time that you rest, not the time that you're lifting weights that, that makes mm -hmm. the breakthrough. And it's like, you can't skip that part. You can't skip like the repeated cycle of like you fail, but you know, whether you know it or not, you learn something and you internalize it during rest and then you come back to it and you're better, but you don't notice cause you're barely better. Mm, um, yeah. and it's one of these that, things that like, yeah, it just keeps going. That sounds a lot like, uh, learning how to code. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know a lot about learning a language, meaning like Spanish or something, but I have a feeling it's the same. You have that same moment where all of a sudden it just makes sense. Yep. I, I, I don't, I, I can't tell you when it happens. Eureka I don't moment. know. Yeah. You just go, you just all of a sudden you're, you're coding and you're just like, Oh, I get it. Right. And then, then everything you learn after that becomes so much easier because you got the fundamentals down and right. you kind of did it. Yeah. You're, you're not doing it as you're coding. You go to sleep and you're dreaming in code and then you wake up and you're like, oh, and you sit down and then like all of a sudden it clicks. And I don't, again, like that, that point, I don't know when it happens. I don't know if you can even hack it to happen faster or slower or whatever. It just, it just happens. Right. And so you think about like the reason I don't remember hardly anything I learned in college is because I was the procrastinator who would cram for the exam. And so sure. like the people you crash diet. Yeah, there you go. So the people who would like actually like go home and read a little bit and then take a break and like they just took little chunks, yeah. like they probably still remember a lot of that stuff. Whereas me, it's like, you know, even if I put in the same amount of time, but I just did it all at the end, it, it doesn't work the same way as when it's, you know, spread mm -hmm. out little bit by bit. And so, you know, we're, we're trained to think that like, okay, it's going to be the big heroic effort that's going to get me somewhere. And really it's like, it's going to be the sensible plan that's followed consistently. And so, you know, yeah. you come up with this goal of like, you know, here's my 10 year plan for a remarkable life. You come up with the habits of like, here's habits that point me in that direction. And, you know, you start making the slow progress and then it starts to compound. Well, I want to talk about the actual habit building side of it, yeah. the, the, the journaling, the, the, the nuts and bolts and how to actually take this 10 year plan and make it happen even if it's incremental but before we get to that and you're cool with doing that yeah, right I'm absolutely sure. before we get to that we got to take a short break but when we return we'll talk about that shit and we're back okay you have some techniques i'm sure on how to once you've written your 10-year plan you've been very specific yep uh and, and again I, I i don't think we really went over what does a quote unquote remarkable life actually mean? And you, I said, I think that's kind of interesting because, you know, remarkable is something that can be sort of relative to each person, right? I mean, we all want slightly different, we all want the same things in some respect, but we want, we want them more than other people do. So like, for instance, we all want to be respected. 
We all want to accomplish something significant. You know, we all want to be loved, but for you, that might be like a little bit different. Like maybe you really want to be respected and I really want to be loved. So we all kind of want the same things, but really when you get really detailed, we want slightly different things. Um, mm -hmm. And so to me, just the remarkable life is, you know, it, it fulfills your deepest desires in such a way um, that it's worth just like remarking to some, like the word remarkable means to remark to somebody like remarking over like, wow, I can't believe this happened. Like, I can't believe I, you know, 10 years ago, that's where I was. And now I'm oh. here. And like, this is absolutely amazing. Huh? I guess I never broke down. Well, the word before. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, I was like, wow, I think Matt is the one who really wants to be respected. And I just want to be loved. I like yeah. totally. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's exactly what it is. I want to be respected yeah. and then, for sure. And then what's crazy is, you know, we all have these desires and sometimes some of the desires like actually sort of like either you could say conflict, or maybe you could say it's like a little bit of a paradox or there's a tension. So like, for instance, like most people out there probably have a need for stability, but they also have a desire for adventure. And so those are like inherently right. at odds, you know, or, you know, there's another one would be like uh, ease or we could say convenience. Like you want things to be easier. You don't want to have to work as hard. But at the same time, like, can you actually imagine like a life without challenge, like a life where you just kind of sit there with like a catheter and people serve you food in your mouth? Like, yeah. So, yeah, no, I can't. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, in, like those, those, those fat fucks in Wally. <laughs> You know what I mean? There's floating around on those on those floating uh, like yeah. hovercrafts. I would love that. That's your dream life. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I'm guessing for most people, it's uh, there's somewhat of a tension there. Like, okay, convenience, chill, and you know, Netflix and chill, but then also like actually do something. Yeah. No, I, I I say that as a joke. I don't really want to be that. But there are times I I think about other people. I'm like, man, I wish I was just blissfully ignorant and could just chill out and go to work nine to five, not be stressed out, come home and just fucking drink and drink and watch TV or, or do It'd a, be like so a, much less paper beach to oh, <laughs> so much less paperwork, computer screens. Like ah, I, I envy that kind of lifestyle, but ultimately I don't want that. You don't you know? want that. I, yeah, I, I say I do, but then I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the other, see, I'm, the, I'm in the nine to five world trying, trying to work the way out and it's, uh, it's slow and steady, but you know, it's going to happen. And, uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to be happy to get out. I'll tell you that right now. Well, let's, let's, let's help you do yeah. that. How, how are you, how are you bullet? How are you doing this? How are you? Cause obviously is that one of your 10 year plans? Yeah. Is that That's part, part of it? Is that yeah. there? Okay. All right. How are you incrementally getting there? Like, what are you doing? Are you. I know like you do journaling. Are you using any like tools? You know, what is your process? For yeah. This? So I think in general, the process for the 10 year plan, it starts with writing it down and there's just something different that happens when you write something down as opposed to when it's like floating in your head. Cause the thing, Oh, look at you. Like yeah. You got the, the moleskin. Uh, I, I, I'm, to be honest with you, I'd hate it. I have okay. terrible hand. <laughs> well, I'll tell you why I have terrible handwriting. I have uh -huh. awful penmanship. And so if anybody in the future, let's say I become like Ben Franklin uh -huh. one day and, and they're like, wow, he has all these moles. Oh my God. He's hard. I can't read any <laughs> of this shit. Completely it's horrible. Worthless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, he should have typed it on a computer. What was he thinking? I just feel like they're so nice that nothing I have yeah, to Yeah, you don't want to ruin them. is worthy of the moleskin. <laughs> they fucking cost $20. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to, I already put a racer in there so I can reuse the paper if over and over If you were thoughtful again. about I, it, I imagine, you know. I know. I'm not, though. So I have the, uh, it's called the Leuchtturm. It's like a German word. It means lighthouse. Leuchtturm uh, 
1917. I probably butchered the pronunciation, but not as bad as I used to. I recorded a YouTube video where I called it, because this is what it looks like in English, the Leuk term. 1917 mm-hmm. i had a bunch of people from germany because people from all over the world can see your youtube videos being like you butchered <laughs> that and i'm like oh, i'm oh, sorry God, that's not good I, yeah. didn't, I didn't think people from germany were gonna watch this um but yeah you know I, you know there's something about writing it down though where it's like and it's even like writing is more inefficient than typing even is and so that helps because it, it it forces you to slow down and really think about like what you're putting in there and even you mentioned something that that's uh, a hindrance is like, oh, it's, you know, it's too nice. I don't want to put anything in there um, that I c- that can actually be helpful is like, you know, you're thinking about this. And you're like, OK, this is actually worth writing down. It's set in stone. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and you can't like renege as easily on something that you've written down because you th- just think it in your head. You're like, oh, yeah, one day I'm going to do this. But then if you don't, yeah. you can't really think of yourself as like you can you can escape criticism in your own mind because you're like, well, that's not really what I wanted to do. Whereas if you have proof, like, no, this is what I wanted to do this is what I said I was going to do. Uh, it's a little yeah. bit different. I definitely I think mean, maybe that's a hack too. like buying yeah. something like a, like a notebook that is nicer expensive yeah. and, and yeah, maybe embroidered with your initials and it's the only notebook you have. Right. Right. Because I think one of the things I have a problem with just in business is everyone has so many tools. Yep. And if you have so many tools and you're writing down and you're adding things in different areas, nothing is really that important because you don't rely on one thing. It's like I think it's even like getting things done. Like you have to have a trustworthy system right. that you can open up and go, yes, this is this is my personal Bible. This is it. Like right. this is everything. Does your personal yeah, Bible so for- say, Andrew, I love you in it? Damn it. <laughs> All right. So believe it or yeah. not, I actually do have some cheesy. So uh, the system I use in journaling, it's called the bullet journal. And it is like that. It's got the calendar and it's the planner and it's the, you know, just log for your thoughts. And it's like everything all in one. And it's like, I, I rely upon it. Um, but I do have that like cheesy, like, I like myself that it's not quite like that, but uh, I call them daily affirmations. Mm-hmm. And it's just to help me like mm-hmm. keep a positive perspective. And so I just do three every day. So something like I am helpful, I am intelligent, you know, I'm insightful, um, I'm likable. Oh, it sounds even. like Stuart Smiley. Yeah. And and so, it's, but it's just one of these things where it's like, you know, uh, it's hard, you know, doing the stuff that we'd like, even now this conversation, you know, putting content out into the world and creating stuff like this, it's, it's emotional labor. Mm. And, you know, we realize that anything we say could just be like skewered by somebody, some critic who like has no context for what we're doing or how we're trying to help people. And that's usually and how so it putting goes. Yourself up, Yeah. And so putting yourself out there, man, like it's hard. And it's like, if I don't have this like, you know, habit in the background of like, just, you know, reaffirming to myself, like, Hey, none of that's true. Like I know what's really true because I'm the one who knows me. Uh, you know, it really helps Mm -hmm. just to, you know, keep a a positive, you know, frame of mind. So, um, but not not to oversell James Clear's book, which it's, it's like one of the five books I read every, you know, century. Um, and you can get it right now for twenty-nine. <laughs> slash. Uh, but one of the things he, well, you, because you were talking about daily affirmations, and uh, to be perfectly honest, I've always kind of thought of it as like a cheesy thing, like I am yeah. whatever, or, or but uh, like Stuart basically Smiley. like, and gosh darn it, people like yeah, me. like defining <laughs> yourself. And one of the things he said yeah. uh, that really resonated with me is that's actually how you build strong habits. And one of the examples he gives is for smokers or people who are trying to quit. There are smokers yeah. who smoke. There are people 
who are trying to quit, who have mentally slotted themselves as smokers. And then there are right. people who don't smoke. And so if you right. are trying to quit, you're really just a smoker maybe next week or something. But if you are not a smoker, then smoking is like incongruent with your personal view of yourself. And right. Yeah. Meaning you are, you are claiming that I am not a smoker, right? Even if you are currently smoking, you're like, no, I don't want to be a, I mean, that is literally the example. I think when we had James clear on the show many, many years ago, I think I gave that exact example was I had decided as a smoker, I used to smoke uh, marble lights and for years. And I remember uh, seeing somebody on the street. It was a, a a family with a child in the, in the, in the cart or what do you call it? Stroller. And uh, the woman was pregnant and both the husband and wife were smoking these really long menthol cigarettes. And I just, at that moment was like, I don't want to mm. be that. Mm -hmm. I'm done. I'm not, I'm not a part of their crew, <laughs> even though like I wasn't, but it, it I just, basically said, I don't want to be that. And that was the end of it. That was, that was it. It was at that moment. It was like, what am I going to do to not be a part and, of this? And it works with anything. Like if you were like, I want yeah. to be a good dad or I am not, not even, I want, I am a good dad. Like you may just wind yeah. up living that life because that yeah. that's how you assign yourself. Right. Um, identity drives behavior change. And so like for me, like even in my own situation right now, like, hey, I want to make money off my writing. And of course I am now. But as I was getting into it, I had to tell myself like, hey, I am a writer. Because it'd be like too easy to say like I'm an aspiring writer. Like, mm. oh man, this is a hope. This is a dream. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't drive behavior. Right. Whereas if I say like I'm a writer and, you know, a couple of days go by where I don't write anything, th there's an incongruity there between, you know, what I say my identity is and what my actions are. And I'm, you know, that's going to be hard to live with. So I'm going to need to solve that. And the best way to solve it is to just write. And so it yeah. helps you get over that writer's block and that fear. And, you know, you, you want to bring your actions in line with your identity. So it, it's often helpful to just start at the level of identity. And then from there, you know, that the actions just kind of naturally follow. So every day in your journal, you write down these affirmations. Yeah. Three of them. There's actually, so uh, there's a you couple do it different differently every day. Like a different uh, yeah. Yeah, different ones every day so that I'm I'm forced to like constantly think of like different things that I I you know need to hear that day. Um and then the other thing that I do every single day is uh gratitude. And uh three things every day uh and it's just got to be different than yesterday. I can repeat things cuz I'm like really grateful for my wife, but mm -hmm. you know I just can't I can't do it two days in a row. I got to think of something different. So, you know that I really consider that to be like a like a foundational habit cuz like when you think about it uh, there's this really weird thing that happens where every single person that I've ever met has a defined daily practice for dental hygiene, and that's called brushing their teeth. But if you ask somebody like, hey, what's your, what's your daily practice for mental hygiene, for making sure that you know, you're in the right frame of mind every day, for you know, keeping your mind from going off the deep end, I, I don't think most people have anything that they do, which like, okay, I'm glad you're taking care of your teeth. But I'm just going to like subtly suggest that maybe your mind is more important than your teeth. And so, you know, it's like we're thinking about like, hey, what should we be doing every single day to like make sure that like our mind is taken care of? And it can be whatever. It can be reading. It can be, you know, the affirmations. It can be gratitude. Well, but I, I think mean, unless you get a 
Unless the tooth gives you a brain infection and then it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and then you die. I, okay. Yeah, so to, to all the dentists out there, you know, yes, <laughs> the teeth are important. We're don't, please yeah. don't come after us. I, I, I want to, can I, can I, um, I want to, uh, no, you I have can't. an app. I have an app on my phone that I've been using this, uh-huh. this, this, uh, in 2019 called streaks. Mm. Okay. And it kind of sounds gross now that I say it out loud, but, <laughs> um, it's, it's five bucks. You got to pay for it. Basically it's like these, these little th- things that I do every day. And when you tap them, so I have floss your teeth. And if I tap it and hold it down, boom, I've accomplished that. And it tells you how long you've been doing it. It keeps, you know, a record of, of yep. those incremental things that I do every day. And I have 15 minutes to read a book. That's how uh, Jerry Seinfeld I, did it. Yep. It's, a, it's exactly how he got good at joke writing was he wrote one joke a day and crossed it off on his calendar, which is where this whole thing, it's where streaks comes from is that mm. idea. Yep. And, and I, I've so far I've loved it. Yeah. And, uh, that, that Seinfeld method, that's actually what I used, uh, last year. I should have gotten on with it this year, but I, I, I didn't do it. I, so I printed out like just a sheet, just a calendar of the uh-huh. entire year, laminated it and got a red Sharpie. And so yeah. every day that I woke up early, uh, so that I could write something, you know, before my kids got up, I put a red mm-hmm. X over it. And it's that powerful notion of like, man, just keep the streak going. And, uh, yeah, so I got hundreds of times, you know, I got, it wasn't quite, you know, my goal was like three twenty or something. I was a little short of that, but I mean, yeah. it was hundreds of times I got up. I love I don't that know. it was laminated by the yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it, yeah. That's so old school. I mean, it make, make sure that like, cause you know, I'd take it with me when I travel too. And like, I don't want like, you know, yeah. to spill oh, yeah. something on it and like, you know, have to do it again. I mean, my iPhone's waterproof. Uh, it's laminated. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, the thing I have a, a hard time with, and maybe I'm just going off on a tangent here, but flossing your teeth or brushing your teeth or whatever, super easy. It's, there's no like multiple ways to do that. You don't have to think about it. You just go and you put the brush in your mouth and you just go, go to town or whatever. Right. Uh, writing or even like money stuff right. or, uh, like I, I have this thing where I'm trying to tweet at least twice a day, right? Which is a just a, a small form of writing, and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck to, to say today. Yep. Like, how do you wake up and you're like, I need to write today, but you're like, what if you just don't have anything that you've been? Th- I don't know. Like, how do you know what to do? Well, so what's really interesting, you know, so writer's block is like a fascinating thing to me because I'm like, I'm not even sure how it exists because you know, and so the, there's a book called The Icarus Deception by Seth Godin. And, yeah, and he brings up this point it. of like, hey, nobody ever gets talker's block. Like I- I'm sitting here and I'm coming up with things to say. And a, a lot of it's because you're asking me questions, but you can ask yourself questions. Sure. Like what makes me mad? There's something to write about. Because if I ask you what makes you mad, we could fill up like four podcasts, 10 podcasts uh, with that. Yeah. So. Nope. I love everything. Okay. There you go. Uh, and so one of the. Well, now the note you wrote to me means a lot less. Uh, I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. But so it's one of these things where, you know, it's like. When you look at it, it's like you could look at it as, okay, well, I have nothing to write about. Or you can look at it as like, okay, I think I'm probably just afraid to say something because the thing – the difference between speaking and writing is that the words that we say in general – and this podcast is an exception because it's recorded. But the the things that we say, it's like they're kind of just ephemeral. It's like you say it and people kind of forget it and you know it doesn't really matter if it wasn't really worth saying. And so I think there's this natural tendency to like censor yourself when it comes to like tweeting. It's like, oh, I got to tweet something really clever. It's like your goal of tweeting yeah. twice a day or like when I'm writing, like I got to write something really clever. Uh, partly though, we yes. fall victim to the curse of knowledge, which is that we forget what it's like not to know something. And so 
you know, mm. the thing like we've all we're all different stages in our learning and we've all learned different things. So the thing that's profound to somebody else might just be common sense to you. And, you know, because especially like mm. you guys, you know, talk about money and personal finance a lot. Like I, I can guarantee you there's a lot of stuff that like could change somebody's life that in your head you're thinking like, I'm not even sure if this is worth saying again. But there's somebody who hasn't heard you yes. say it yet and hasn't heard it at all yet. And like it could change their lives. So you got to keep coming with it, you know? Mm. That's interesting. I like that. I like that too. Yeah. I do. I do fall victim to that for sure. And I, and I am trying to think of something clever to tweet every yep. day. I want to, I want to provide yep. value. I don't want to just, and, and, and even like, you know, oh, I'm going to do like, if I had something on my, um, calendar like or my streaks app or whatever to take care of my personal finances right. like that was just the, the thing i had it's like well what the fuck does that mean like what am i what am i waking up and doing what am i what does what that i think it has to be a very specific action right yeah. it's like you know you, you know your writing thing could just be oh write what's on your mind or write you know one page of what's in your mind or write for 15 minutes so it's very specific right. mine tweeting twice a day is not very specific it's literally just an action right and that action is causing paralysis because it's like, well, hold on. I don't even know why I'm doing this or, or, or what the right. point and is. And so it could, you know, it'd be helpful also in that situation, like give yourself constraints. You know, one of the, the interesting stories I heard from, um, I think this was from Steal Like an Artist by Austin Kleon, which is a great little book. Yeah. Uh, but he talks about the story of Dr. Seuss. And so Dr. Seuss uh, turned in the cat in the hat and his editor was just like amazed that like, you only use like 150 different words in this book. And the book is however many total words. And he's like, that's like, nobody's ever done right. that. And so his editor was like, I bet you, you can't, you know, write a book using less than 50 unique words. Um, that's as long as this one in terms of the total number of words. So he's like, okay. And so he goes out and he writes green eggs and ham, the best selling children's book of all time. And it was just like a, it was like a constraint that somebody was like, Hey, can you do this? And he's like, Oh, I don't know. It sounds like a fun challenge. And so, you know, I, I think sometimes creative constraints uh, can help. So, you know, instead of just saying I have to tweet, you know, you come up with like, you know, restrictions like, you know, on Mondays, I have to tweet about this. And I think that's even, you know, there's already those hashtags there's like Monday motivation and Wednesday wisdom. And, sure. and you know, I think one of the reasons yeah. those things are helpful is because it, it provides just like a, a structure, or like a framework. Yeah. Context. So it's like, OK, if I have to do yeah. this, then that's a little bit easier because, again, like even like talking about cool. money. You know, that's too broad. But like if you were to do something where you're like, okay, on Monday, I'm going to write an article about investing. That's a little bit better because it's like, what does somebody need to know about particularly investing? But it's better if you get even more specific than that. And like, okay, first we're going to do like a, you know, a series on like the different types of like tax advantaged accounts or something like that. And, uh, you know, it just, right. the more precise that you are, the easier it is to like, just actually get up and do it. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, you have a book about personal finance. So I do. Um, where can people find that book? So they can find it on Amazon. And uh, actually, I I created a, a little corner of my blog just for your uh, listeners. And so my blog is thematthewkent.com. It's T-H-E-M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-E-N-T.com. And so it's thematthewkent.com slash L-M-M for Listen Money Matters. Uh, it's got the link to my book. Uh, it's got a link to uh, a free ebook that I have, a, a productivity guide. Uh, it's got Great. links to articles, including the one that we were talking about today, the 10-year plan for a remarkable life, uh, social media links, all that's right there in one place. Cool. Brilliant. I love people yes. who are prepared. <laughs> 
Well, Matthew, thank you for being on the show. Really appreciate it, man. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a fun conversation. And uh, yeah, yeah, man. Well, listen, if you missed anything, we'll have everything in the show notes. Don't you worry about that. You can either check your preferred podcast app or you can visit listenmoneymatters.com slash show. And please subscribe wherever you normally listen to podcasts and tell your friends about us. Point them to your favorite episodes and hopefully they'll become a subscriber. Are you a subscriber, Matthew? I am a, sus- a subscriber. Yeah, definitely. Woo! Nailed it. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, five. <laughs> and if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about, please email us, listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And all the tools and resources that we normally mention on this show are available at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. Matthew, thank you again for being on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and and I know that I uh, need respect in this world, and Andrew needs love, and so the note is Andrew. Oh, you were scratching my itch. Andrew, I love <laughs> you. And that's why I wrote it in the moleskin that you saw, because I wanted to do a cool callback. <laughs> But you fucking ruined it. Anyway. (laughs) All right. Later, man. Later, dude. Please tell your friends about this show.